Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is doing and what God continues to do in and through us uh, as, as the people of God, as God's church universal, that God is using us in this world to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Uh, it's been a joy because we've been talking about a, a message series called Rely, relying on the Holy Spirit. So if you're new here, I just wanted to say you're welcome here uh, because we want you to be comfortable. We want you to know that we want you here and we want to be a part of what God is doing uh, in us. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us, that you could journey with us toward the goal that God has in mind for us, that you can be a part of growing in relationship with God and relationship with us and relationship with the world so that we can share God's love and grace with everyone we come in contact with. And so you are invited, all of us are invited. If you have missed a couple of the, the sessions for this, we're on week three of Rely. Uh, if you've missed those, I'm just going to encourage you to go out on our, uh, on our webpage or out on YouTube and, and check out those previous uh, two weeks so that you can catch up uh, so that you can help, uh, help us grow in relationship, because together we're going to go uh, forward. But if you have missed, um, we talked about this, that we want to rely on the Holy Spirit, which is to depend on with full trust or confidence, that we want to rely on God in such a powerful and profound way that God leads and guides us, that, that we are keeping in step with God every step of the way. And we started by saying, hey, you need to wait uh, before you go, that you need to wait before you go so that you can uh, know when God is calling you and where God is leading you. And, and you need to confront the culture uh, to, to say, hey, I'm going to stand for love and grace instead of uh, causing difficulty and being mean and rude and, and just kind of a general pain. We don't want to do that. And we want to, we want to lean into the relationship that God has for us. And, and so the idea this week is that we want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And every time I think of keeping in step, what goes through my mind is my time in the United States Navy called boot camp. Uh, it was the least fun part of the United States Navy because uh, it was uh, a lot of yelling and a lot of push-ups, a lot of running, uh, a lot of marching, not a lot of fun time. Uh, and, and it's designed that way. If you're not familiar, if you've never watched a movie or, or seen it, I mean, maybe if you've watched a movie, you're still not familiar. The idea of boot camp is not just to belittle somebody. It is to create a cohesive unit, a team that can do the task which it is assigned, whether it is marching to the chow hall or going to education classes, whatever the task is, they do it together. Uh, and they're united in, their, in the very beginning, specifically in their desire to not do push-ups or get in trouble by physical response. We had to do uh, push-ups or pull-ups or running or some other calisthenic, a calisthenic exercise or, or something like that. Uh, instead, we wanted not to do that, so we worked together to get everybody better at what they needed to do. And one of the places that was the most difficult for all of us was learning how to march. 
Because marching is not something that is intuitive. We don't march in, in lines typically. We don't know how to walk in groups like that. Uh, and the idea of marching is just foreign to us. Keeping in step. Now, on the dance floor, you can keep in step with your partner. Uh, but this is a large group of people. And so the idea of marching is just not something that everybody is, is used to. And so when we think about this, when we, when we uh, think about trying to keep in step, for me specifically, it was just hard to do because you start well, just lollygagging, you're walking. And I, I remember at the end of my time in boot camp, we would watch the new guys that were showing up uh, and, and going through their first few days, mostly because they're not wearing, they don't even wear uniforms yet. They're just walking to different places and the whole line is bobbing weird and everybody else, we're marching, you know, we're left, right, left. We're singing the cadence songs and all of this. Um, and, and what you learn in all of this is, is that you have to listen to the cadence to keep in step. You have to listen to the cadence to keep in step. You have to be aware of what's going on around you, but you have to know where you're going. If you're going to take a left turn up ahead, whoever's calling the cadence and leading the group says, call them half left, and you take a little pivot, if, especially if it's a lot of people, you pivot, and then you pivot again so that you're going, because you, you can't all go up and take a left turn. You have to make some angle turns, and none of this is intuitive. It's not normal, and, and it's one of those things that we had to practice over and over. It took us three months to really get great at it, uh, where we were like, okay, we, can, we look good when we're marching, right? Uh, and that was right about the time you graduate. And, and so it took a long time for us to get really good at marching. But, but boot camp, you march everywhere. And so you have all these opportunities to keep in practice. What's interesting to me is even today, when I'm walking with somebody and I notice I'm out of step, I'll, I'll take the half step so that I can get back in step with them, so that I can be in cadence with them. Because if I'm not in step with them, it, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't feel like things are, are going the right way. <laughs> and, and it's because I learned very seriously how to keep in step. Uh, and, and we've all learned this, this idea of teamwork, of, of keeping in step, maybe not in marching, but I mean, if you've ever played any team sports at all, then you have had an opportunity to know and play your part. You're not the entire team. You're just one part of that team. Or uh, eSports, uh, this is a newer computer-based uh, sports set. Even eSports teams, everybody has to learn their part. If you're a party coordinator or if you've been to a party that you're like, wow, this is really well put together. There was a team of people or, or at least one really good person that, that knew what was going to happen. If you've been to a wedding, uh, all of these things are coordinated efforts where a team works to be successful. And, and this is the idea for, for the, uh, the, this piece that we're talking about today of keeping in step with God. Uh, because the same that is true for teams and for marching is true for us in our walk with God. We want to listen and keep in step with God. And we do that by listening 
to the Holy Spirit. We do that by saying, God, lead us. God, guide us. God, show us the way. God, help every one of our steps be made. Now, I, I love this picture because I, I just think, what would it be like if we as the church, and I really mean this, if we as the church were able to march in step to the cadence of the Holy Spirit? What would, what would it look like if that was us? And because that's the way it was in the beginning. Uh, and maybe you, uh, maybe it's not marching isn't your picture, but for me, it's just a beautiful picture of everybody in step, everybody in sync, everybody doing the job that the Spirit is calling out to us and going forward to, to share the good news of Jesus, all in step, all knowing our parts, all knowing our specific roles and tasks. Uh, in the beginning, when the church had first begun, there was a guy named Paul. And Paul was on fire for Jesus. Paul was going to town after town, starting church after church, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone he came in contact with. And, 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 and the Spirit was leading and guiding him and his team. Here, here's what it says in Acts 16. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia and they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to, it, to go. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. I mean, this is, this is really cool. Uh, the Holy Spirit is preventing them from going and doing what they think they should be doing. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you think that this is what you should be doing, but I've got something more in mind for you. I've got something different in mind for you. The God is actively leading the disciples. And this should sound familiar because in the Old Testament, we see that as well. In Exodus, we read this, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament comes in this pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, but God desires a more personal approach. God desires to lead and guide each of us individually, not as a, a group of folks that are just lollygagging across the desert, but instead that each one of us is led directly by the Spirit of God within us. The New Testament imagery is that of a, the God of fire and smoke now dwells with us and guides us if we listen. If we listen to God. This is the picture that we have from this story. That God was was preventing Paul and company from going into these places they thought they should go. Uh, and, and so, you know, we can look at this and we can be like, man, why, why was the Holy Spirit not wanting them to go there? And I think the same is true for them as it is for us. Sometimes we believe what we understand we're supposed to be doing, and the Holy Spirit is like, you know, that's really not what I have in mind for you to do, so maybe you should keep in step with me instead of stepping out on your own. 
And so for Paul and company, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Guys, I like this picture. I really do. Because Paul receives a vision, and what do they do? Immediately they decide, hey, this is God calling us, so we need to go. God shows up to keep them in step and and calls them to go to a different place. And and Paul has this vision, this dream, and says, hey, there's a guy in Macedonia that needs us to go. And so they, they start off on this journey to Macedonia to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus there, led not by their own decision, but by the presence of God's Holy Spirit, called to go to a new direction than the one that they thought that they should be on. And it says this, uh, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. Paul and company uh, get to Macedonia and and this region uh, uh, and, and, and start to take this message of the gospel. They say, hey, where do you think people are going to gather? Let's go to the river. Let's go to the river and see if, if we can see these people and, and, and share with them, because there's probably a place of prayer out there. And, and we sat down, the people, the, the, the uh, Paul and team sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. What's interesting to me is Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia calling out for help, but when he gets there, he doesn't find a man. He finds a woman, and I think very seriously, I think that's because if Paul had a dream that a woman was in Macedonia saying, come, we need you, come help us, uh, that Paul probably wouldn't have told his, his partners about the dream uh, because it would have been inappropriate. Yet God reveals to them a, a man and, and calls them. It's a blow to the patriarchy that, that a woman is supposed to be special in this moment. And so Paul is called to go to Macedonia. And they go and they share the message, not with men at first, because there aren't any there, but with women. And their hearts are open. It says this, the Lord opened her, Lydia's heart, to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited them to her home. She invited us to her home is what it says. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. She persuaded us. The Holy Spirit had in mind for them to go and do something that they had envisioned for themselves. The Holy Spirit wanted them to go and share this message with a group of people that they hadn't been prepared to go to. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding the early church in a way that we can look at and say, oh, we want that for ourselves now. God, please send your Holy Spirit to us so that we can 
move in that way. I love that they had to be persuaded to go and stay at Lydia's house because social propriety was the thing that they were worried about. And so they, they get persuaded to go to, uh, to Lydia's house. And, 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 and while they're there, they see the movement of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they had been prevented from going, denied from going, kept from going into some places and sent into others. It, it could seem like the Holy Spirit was working against the disciples. At times, they may have questioned, God, why can't you let us go in? Uh, but the truth is this, what we perceive as obstacles are often new ways we can find to share in God's purpose. Sometimes the very things we think are hindering us are the things that are allowing us to share in a new way allowing us to move in a new direction, allowing us outside of our comfort zone into a new way so that we can share boldly the message of God, so that we can live faithfully following the Holy Spirit, so that we can be God's hands and God's feet, not trying to be our own hands and feet, trying to do it our own way, but saying, God, how do you want me to, to live today? What can I do? How how can I keep in step? What is it I can do, Lord, that will help me to keep in step with you? And for me, for my life, I can share three things that I do. And I want to encourage you, maybe, maybe if, you, uh, if you are uh, really good at keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, you, you have some better ideas on how to do this. Uh, these are ways that have worked for me. And so I just want to encourage you. Uh, first, first is to stop. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to make up your own goals and rules and start saying, God, what do you want me to do? Stop trying to be in charge, but instead submit to God. Stop trying to be the one who calls the shots and instead listen. Listen to what God is telling you. Listen to where God is calling you. If Paul and company had not listened to the dream that they received. If they hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit, which was preventing them from going in certain directions and then listened and followed in the new direction, they would have never met Lydia and Lydia would never have become part of the pillar of the church that she did. And finally, we have to follow. We have to follow where God is leading us. Friends, far too often in my spiritual walk and my guesses and yours, we want to be in control. We, we want to be the ones that are calling the shots. And God is saying, hey, I've got so much more in mind for you. If you would just stop, listen, and follow me. I, I know when I, I had an opportunity recently to go to uh, Florida. And when I was out there, it was a, a conference uh, which inspired this message series, actually. Um, and while I was out there, we, we finished our, our week of education and, and went back to the airport, and our flight was supposed to leave at like three in the afternoon. And we got to the airport at like noon because we didn't have anywhere else to go in Florida. And, and so we wanted to go ahead and get to the airport. And uh, our airline postponed our flight 
uh, about half an hour at first, and then we got an update that it's an hour, and then an update that it's another two hours, and then an update that it's another four hours, and finally about 10 o'clock that night, actually it was about 10.30, they canceled the flight. And, and I was bent out of shape because I was trying to get back to, to I've, I had flown out of St. Louis, so I was trying to get back to St. Louis so that I could drive back here because we had a funeral coming up and we had some things that were going on, and it was just causing me to be out of sorts. I, I found a flight that left about five in the morning. So we would, uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and we would have to be back at the airport uh, at about three in the morning so that we could get on the flight that was going to leave about five in the morning. And so, you know, I'm freaking out. I, I call, we finally get the airplane booked. I called a friend of mine who lives in Florida, in Orlando, and I said, hey, how good of friends are we? Uh, can you come and pick me up from the airport and take me to your house so that I could stay at your house uh, for a couple of hours so I can at least get a couple of hours of sleep and then get me back to the airport? Uh, we're glad to take a ride. And she was like, no, no, you're good. Come uh, hang out at the house. Uh, enjoy. That's why we have this house. It's, it's great. Uh, so she came to the airport, picked us up, drove us back to her house. Uh, we finally got home about midnight. Uh, I go to sleep for the three whole hours I'm going to be asleep. Uh, and then we wake up at three and, and, and start the process of heading back to the airport. In all of this, I'm sitting there thinking, God, why is this going on? Why didn't you let me go? Why are you keeping me from going home? And it was in that moment, seriously, friends, in that moment that I thought, we just learned about this. We were just talking about what it is to be led by the Spirit. And so I said, God, maybe you have something in mind for me. While I'm laying in bed, pondering, not getting enough sleep, hoping that I can get back to St. Louis so that I can drive back here, so that I can take care of the things that need to be done, and I was lying in bed, and I was thinking to myself, this is terrible, but maybe, just maybe, God has something in mind for me. And, and so I, I prayed, Lord, what, what do you want me to learn? And, and I believe very seriously that this message series was born out of that moment. This message series caused me a, a moment where I needed to pause, and I thought to myself, we all need that kind of a moment. We need a moment where we say, maybe God has something different in mind for us. And so for me, I don't believe for a minute that God caused a weather issue and kept us from flying home, but I do believe that God got a hold of me in a new way on that trip and said, hey, I've got something different for you. I've got something that I want you to share. Now, maybe it was just weather. And, and, and <laughs> you know, God, God is like, yes, I'm glad you did it. But uh, I believe, though, that I am walking more in step with the Holy Spirit because of this instance than I was before. And the truth is this, God wants this type of closeness with us. God desires this type of personal guidance. All we have to do is ask and say, God, lead us in the direction you want us to go. It takes submitting yourself, your own will, your own desire, and saying, God, you're more important than my own desires. But that allows us to listen to the cadence of the Holy Spirit 
and to keep in step. That allows us to stop trying to do it on our own, to listen for that still, small voice from God, maybe preventing us from going and doing one thing, maybe encouraging us to go and do another, and allows us to follow, to follow where God is leading us, to go in a new, crazy direction, sometimes in a way that you never imagined. And the beauty of this is that if we together, as God's church, put all of our differences aside, all of our political motivation, all of the things that we use to separate us, if we said, God, lead us where you want us to follow. Lead us and show us your way. God, speak to me. Reveal your desire for my life, that everything will be different, that we as the church would start to get in step with the Holy Spirit. We would know our role and the things that God is calling us to. We would know when God is denying us access to one place and calling us to another place. We wouldn't be afraid to dream dreams and live boldly in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you, invite you to join me in trying to stop listen and follow, in trying to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, listening to the cadence of the Holy Spirit, and staying in the exact step that God wants us to. Won't you join me? Let's pray. Holy One, this is so hard. It's so hard to submit our lives over to you. It's so hard because we are so used to trying to be the ones in control. And so, God, I pray that in this moment you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us. That by your grace, by your mercy, we would see where we need to go. By your love, we would feel the presence of your Holy Spirit within us. And that we would stop, listen, and follow truly obeying where you are calling us to go, saying the things that you want us to say, living boldly to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray this now and forever in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.